Hey, I'm September Smith, and this is the She's All That podcast, season two. As always, conversations with women doing awesome shit is the foundation of my podcast. And in this transition season to a post-pandemic world, my guests are business owners combining their agile business jobs, their expertise, and their insight to offer their clients innovative solutions for the post-pandemic business reality. Each and every one brings a fresh edge to business that you'll want to hear about. Hi, and welcome to the video podcast. Today, I am really happy to have with me Melissa Smith, no relation. And Melissa Smith is the founder and the CEO of the Association of Virtual Assistants and the PVA, a firm that matches clients with the right virtual assistants. She's also the best-selling author of two books, Hire the Right Virtual Assistant and Become a Successful Virtual Assistant. So, Melissa, you've been quoted by ABC News, Forbes, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, U.S. News, The World Report, And you've been most recently named a trailblazing female entrepreneur to watch for 2021. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You are definitely one of those women. My tagline is women doing conversations with women doing awesome shit. You're definitely one of those ones. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here to talk about this, as I had expressed to you. I'm, I've been curious about the whole virtual assistant thing for years. Actually, I think it goes back to when I first started my online business, the one I'm running, about five years ago. And, you know, you start exploring the virtual world and it's like, virtual assistant, what's that? And then you discover there's a huge industry happening here of virtual assistants. What's going on that suddenly the world needs virtual assistance? What's the problem that they're solving for people? The problem they're solving is really, you know, time. And I think that when people really value their time, that that's the problem that we solve. And, you know, some people see time as money. Some people see time as family. Some people see time as future goals being reached. It's all very personal. you know, you know, we we've talked about this, and not everyone has the same type of values, and not everyone knows what kind of service and that they provide that provides value for clients, even as a VA. And it's because whenever there's that disconnect, no one has assigned it to time, um, because time makes everything very, very personal. And as we all know, this past year in COVID it seems like our time was taken away in many ways. So then we got even more finite with it. And as a lot of the conversations that we used to have as virtual assistants, we used to start out our conversations just on how does this all work? How do you do that? How do we communicate? You know, we, that's how we used to start educating, you know, potential clients. Now we can skip straight ahead. <laughs> no one asks those questions anymore in that manner with that same mindset. Instead, they jump right into, are you the person that can do this? Like, tell me all the stuff that you could do because I think I have an idea, but I'm not quite sure. And I want to know that I'm getting the most for my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you find that most people nowadays, actually, they just know what a virtual assistant is? They, I say they do. Um, there's that those are few times where you have some people and they still think of us as uh, AI 
as the form of assistance because that's the way AI technology refers <laughs> to mm -hmm. virtual assistants as well. But for the most part, now people have a better understanding. They've heard it somewhere, they've read it somewhere. Uh, virtual assistants as a whole and as an industry have been called like the genie in the bottle, the must have expense, the best you know service that you're not using. I mean, you name it every outlet has really been singing our praises in our industry now for a while and especially during this last year so i think most people have you know the general understanding they just don't know like how does this work mm -hmm. that's the that's the piece that they're still missing oh my god yes oh my i, I can't tell you myself and i've had this conversation with countless other entrepreneurs in my case they all happen to be online entrepreneurs it's like i think i really want to be a I'd really love a VA. I'd love somebody to do this and this and this and this, but oh, I don't even know where to get started. Well, I heard you could do this. Well, I heard you, ah, oh, forget it. And so it ends up being the end of conversation. So if, if you're at the point where you are starting to think, I wish I had a VA or I wonder what a VA could do with me, uh, what's, what, in your situation, what do you usually see going on, is going on in a business? What's happening when it's like, yeah, it's time. You know, I, I see the online entrepreneurs asking the wrong question, right? You have people who are saying, oh, my business is super personal. I This is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about. I've been honing this. I left this business to start this business because I, you know, did, and everything about it is really, really personal. Yet when they ask that question, it all of a sudden gets very generic. What can a VA do? What can a VA do for me? Instead of flipping that question around saying, gosh, if only I could find someone to do X. If I could just not touch my email anymore, I would be so happy. If I had someone who could update the links on my website, if I had someone who could come in and run this Zoom meeting for an hour and then do all the follow-up afterwards, if I had someone who could put my all my content on my online courses so that I wasn't spending my free time, um, you know, searching YouTube videos on, you know, and how-to videos on this. There's so many different things that a VA can do that you will overwhelm yourself trying to educate yourself on what a VA can do for you. But the second that you make it personal and actually say, what do I want to offload? What is this thing that I do not like doing? What do I don't know how to do? What would I do with this time instead? And now you have a, a much better question because, you know, I, fortunately, you know, I'm not a tech savvy person. So it's really easy for me to, you know, start hiring people because not only am I not tech savvy, I have no interest in learning. I do not want to do that. And, but there's some people and they're real DIYers, right? They actually love like learning these new things, but then they just send themselves down you know, rabbit holes. You're not doing your you business do? when you're doing that. Yeah. What would you be doing? What would you be doing? And if the most productive people see their time in hours, not days, weeks, or months, then that's where you start. If you had an hour more in your day, what would you be doing with it? And then what would you assign to a VA? Just an hour. And when you start looking at your time like that and your duties like that, all of a sudden it makes it so much easier to say, oh, well then I need a VA who does this because that takes me about an hour. You know, maybe it takes you an hour all week long. Maybe it takes you an hour a day, hour and a month, doesn't matter, but just start with that hour. And now you know what you're looking for a VA to do instead of like, oh, I just wonder, right? Like yeah. no one says, hey, um, I'm, I'm hungry. What, what should I eat? Tell me, tell me what should I eat? 
right? <laughs> You're like, well, what do you feel like? What, what are you allergic to? What are your preferences? Do you have a special diet? I mean, that, that is as generic as question as, hey, what do you want for dinner? Mm-hmm. I, when I, as a potential client, the feedback I would give is like, when you, if you don't know what you don't know, and you don't know that it, can somebody actually come in and replace this process that I do? How much would I have to be involved? It, it, it makes, it makes it really hard to just say, I want this, this, and this taken care of. Mm-hmm. Having somebody like you, is that something that you do with people? Kind of getting ahead of myself, but I'm curious, like, do you, because I thought if there was somebody out there that could walk a person like myself or, you know, any other entrepreneur just through a process that was like, answer these questions. Okay. Here's what I see. You could have someone do this, this, and this. That's exactly what I do. So in my workbook, I, I lay it out for people to do on their own. But again, like you're super busy, you're overwhelmed, you're clouded with, you know, a thousand thoughts. Uh, I draw that out in my consultation process. So whether someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I wrote out this job description, I read your book, I got so excited, I, I've done all the things. Whether they come to me like that, they're like, I have no idea where to start. I don't know if you can help me yet. Um, <laughs> no matter where people come to me in that situation, it all starts with a consultation. And I'm able to pull all those things out. And not only am I able to pull those things out, but then we don't start it just like, okay, what you need now, then we go on to say, you know, and how is this person going to grow with you in the future? How is that going to work with you now? We want someone who's going to have that immediate impact now, but then as your business grows, how is this person going to grow with you? As you want this person to take on more, how is this person going to take on more with you? And then of course, we put a spin on it because everyone has their you know, own unique spin to their business, how they like to communicate, um, how they like their clients to feel, how they wanna interact. And so then from there, you know, maybe we'll do something with you know, people who love to herd cats, like an eagle eye uh, VA, someone who's super tech savvy, um, you know, highly efficient. There's all types of spins that we then put on that type of assignment in order to attract the right person. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, even just the, the scope of the questions that you'd be laying on the table when your consultation with people is going to take them beyond where they as kind of beginners are in their whole process of how I'm going to hire this person. You're going like months and years out, which is probably not what they're right. doing. Yeah. I've had people tell me that my consultations are, can be like therapy sessions. And they're like, hey, can I get the answers to some seeing some really good stuff right now? Wow. <laughs> like, sure. Uh, but it's, you know, because of the way that they're, they're formulated and it's all in my workbook. It's a, a free work, we can even have it. And if you start, you know, where you are, start with the basics, ask some questions and then how you formulate it, much like, you know, any other consult, uh, consultant does, you know, there's a, there has to be a formula for how mm-hmm. you're asking questions. You take people here to take them there, to bring them over here, to help them see over here. Cause if you do it to linear of a process, then they're not giving you what they really want. Um, they start not, you know, asking for what they want. And they they only think they're asking for what they need. Um, they start not really opening up. So the consultation questions, if you answer them honestly, they really do bring out what you want, what you're looking for, what's going to fill your needs now, what's going to fill your needs in the future. The only difference is that when I do it. I, you know, they're carving out that time and I'm giving them the space. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that it would really 
flesh it out, having that on top of the workbook, then talk to you. So can we drop a link to this in the, the workbook? At yes. The bottom of this in the notes and in the, the YouTube video. Good. Absolutely. So if if somebody is looking at hiring a VA and they and they identify through going through your workbook that, oh, I, I, I could have somebody do this because this represents 10 hours out of my, my week. Does that 10 hours tend to take the same amount of time once we hire a VA or does it take longer or can they actually do it faster? What, what do you find that tends to be? I find in a lot of cases the VA does it faster because there's not the procrastination. There's not the like, oh, I have like 10 other things to do on my plate that are more fun, that I enjoy more. Um, you know, a lot of it, of course, if you don't know how to do something and someone comes in, like, you know, let's, I'll use myself as an example, like setting up funnels and tags and email sequences, like no one wants me doing that stuff. And when I can think about the amount of time I would waste on it, I, there's not a chance I'm doing it, but I'll hire someone and they'll get it done in no time at all. Now there is the, you know, learning time. So if you're saying, well, you know, it only takes me, let's say, you know, a couple minutes to answer all these emails and it's taking the VA a little bit longer, in the beginning it will because they're trying to learn your voice. They're, you know, they're setting things up for draft for you. They're looking at, they don't know who this person is yet, what priority do they have? But that's gonna be anyone doing work for you. It's onboarding. So start now and, you know, get that down and then that goes away. So there's always that, that learning curve. I don't care how great the VA is, because even if I have someone to do my email sequences, we still have to stop. And she has to slow me down and say, okay, well, here's what you have. Is that what you still want? Here's, here's what you said you wanted then. Do you still want that now? Because now you also have new options and we could also do this if you wanted. And you know, there's a lot of different things. And then we go over expectations. What's the expectation at what point is the goal of the person to be buying. And so there's still that time where I have to slow down, but then once we do and we get it, then we're off to the races. Wow, so your VA could not just be somebody that you're having to like meet out chores to. They're actually giving you intelligent, rational, analytical options and feedback to help you tweak your process or your, your thought process. Absolutely. So. When I, this is one of my best, I, I love telling people this because it seems like such an eye opener to them all the time. But when you think about an assistant, a true assistant, whether human or AI, their true measurement is how well they learn to anticipate your needs. And that's really where you get that benefit of working with an assistant, someone who's like, got your back, but also is trying to stay two or three steps ahead of you. Hey, we need to get on this. Hey, I drafted this up because you used it last time. Hey, this agenda, it's kind of, kind of coming up. I didn't see you put it on there. So I'm, I'm, you know, throwing this in front of you to make sure you got eyes on it before that meeting, you know, all those different things. And that's when you're like, oh my gosh, where was this person my whole life? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's team. And, and that's, you know, really where it comes in, but you have all these type of VAs. And, you know, when I match clients with VAs are like, wow, I didn't know, like, I just thought I would just be telling them what to do all the time. And I don't believe in delegating. Like, yes, I believe in leadership. I'm going to, we're going to be on a team. You're, I'm going to tell you like, this is what I want, but I'm not necessarily delegating how to do it. Or I'm not teaching you how to do it. I'm leading you through the process of what good looks like on my team. 
but that okay. VA is actually going to tell me what's going on and they're going to anticipate my needs based on my expectations. And they've come back to me plenty of times and said, well, based on what you said you want, that's not going to meet it. They're like, things have changed like that. That doesn't work anymore. Or have you noticed this? Like, this is like the new thing you should be doing. And, you know, this is this has a better open rate when you do this or, you know, they're doing all these things for you, but they're not sitting waiting around for you to start, you know, barking out orders or delegating because delegating is actually work. Yeah. And yeah. That's the part where people are like, well, I don't know what I would delegate. I don't know what I would delegate. And my guess. So when you're working with the true assistant, you're not actually delegating. Mm -hmm. You two are partnering. They have their list of things they are going to be anticipating your needs. And then they're going to get back to you. You're not chasing them. They're going after you. And there's another port where it saves you time. Because if you have to sit down and write, okay, what am I going to give my VA to do tomorrow? What am I going to give my VA to do next week? Like, who wants to do that? Who has time mm -hmm. for that? Um <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Oh my God. Yeah. So that one of the questions that um, I often have, because I've talked with a number of different entrepreneurs about VAs and I've had some people say, just get somebody off Fiverr. And I mean, that that's like kind of a hit and run contractor to do something. What you're talking about is somebody that's integrated with your business and your team. They're thinking through the strategy and the process of your business. Quite unlike I hear, I'll just edit this video or make a logo for you. So, yeah, there's, you know, there's all different kinds of levels. And I've had, I've had plenty of clients say, you know, I, I'm ready to have a, a real assistant now. I'm ready to have a client facing assistant. Now I've graduated from Upwork or Fiverr or, you know, wherever, you know, they, they came to me from yeah. and they're like, you know, there was a time and place for that, but it no longer serves me. It takes more time than it saves me money or gives me, you know, time back in my day. So at, generally speaking, when you, when you, from your history of doing this, what is the ramp up time once you've matched somebody and they're working together? Is it the first couple of weeks or is it a month or a few months? Like what, 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 what should people reasonably expect from that whole startup period? So reasonable, reasonable expectations based on the workload, it will vary based on what type of, you know, how much work you're giving, the, the uniqueness of your systems and, and all that. So anywhere from a week to two weeks for complete and, on, and total onboarding. And what that means is we know where everything's at. We know where to get things. We know how to log into systems. Um, we have a working rhythm down. We're able to start really doing things. And for some people, they're like two weeks, like, gosh, that sounds like a, a really long time. But you're thinking, two weeks over, you know, maybe you're working together like an hour a day, two hours a day, right? If you look at offices and onboarding, they have onboarding processes that are 30, 60 and 90 days. And that's nine to five every day. So two weeks. Um, and that's, that's for a larger size client, they have lots of things going on, they may already have a team already, they have lots of processes, systems, they have, you know, CRMs, project management tools, funnels, tons of lead magnets. I mean, we they have a lot. But, you know, that could easily be scaled down to one week or two weeks, but that's complete onboarding. And then after that, once you're the VA and you are fully onboarded together, now it's about let's get that working rhythm down. Let's know what good looks like. And so the mistake that people often make is they're like, oh, great, I'm going to hire a VA at 20 hours a week. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> you're never going to get you're never going to get 20 hours a week back. 
in your in in the first month. Um, you you absolutely want to wait on that. You need to build a solid foundation. You want to build a good working rhythm. And even for my clients who are like, but I really need someone for 20 hours a week. I should have hired this person, you know, a year ago, whatever that looks like. I always say still start out five to 10 hours a week because that's as much time as you're going to be able to give to them as well to know what good looks like, get that working rhythm down, accomplish those things and then start building on from there. And so when you do that way, all of a sudden it seems like, wow, this person's always already doing all this great stuff. And we've been working together for, you know, two, three weeks. By the time a month rolls around, it'll feel like you've been working together, you know, for six months. And then after that, you start, you know, ramping up. And here's where the beauty comes in, because now they really get it and they really know what things look like. They know your expectations. They know what it looks like. When you add more to their plate, the hours don't necessarily go up. Cause they're no, oh, they're not onboarding anymore. They don't have to ask, they don't have any questions like they did before. They'll have some questions, but you know, maybe those are covered in your weekly meeting or those are covered in your project management tool. And so you so, really do see that time being used wisely. But when you start at this really large amount, it's so, it's so hard to get back, that back because you, you just don't have 20 hours to onboard someone correctly. And no one who has not been onboarded correctly is going to be, going to be able to provide 20 hours of quality work. They'll be able to provide 20 hours, but it's going to be a lot of work that has like, oh, that's not the way I really like that. Oh, no, that's not how I would have done that. You just start in little chunks and it, it makes it such a better process. So it sounds like, I mean, just listening to what you were saying, just the, the tidbit about, you know, do not start at 20, start at five or 10. Absolutely. I mean, that was like, whoa. So working with you, not only are you matching people with the right VA, you're also kind of giving them a template for this is what the first month should look like. And here's how you're going to approach it. And like, so you yes. set them up correctly for expectations. I do. So we, I set them up with a 12 week onboarding. So wow. what does 12 week, what, what do you want to have to have accomplished at the end of 12 weeks? Because as much as they're like in their mind, they might be thinking, gosh, what if I don't get anything done in 12 weeks? That's not likely the case. What's actually more likely the case is that you're going to get so excited and that you're going to be so great. You have this great VA working with you now. And so you start giving that person more and more stuff, just like every little thing you can. But then you they they start to get confused because they don't know. Well, what's a priority? What did what you know, you said you wanted this, but now you're giving me this and they have no true north to go back to. But when you say, here's where I want to be at the end of the 12 weeks. Here's what good looks like at 12 weeks. If we didn't hit this, I would not see it as a success. Here are the things that are highly to get me derailed. And so then the VA knows, oh, okay, so if you do this, then I should check with you and say, hey, you know, you told me that this kind of derails you. Is this something you really want to do? Because this is going to push back our other goal in 12 weeks. Okay, I have and a question about backwards. that. That's fascinating. That kind of like, what? Mm -hmm. How many entrepreneurs or business people that you run into actually prior to talking to you know what their derailment triggers are? Do you walk them to that state of self You know what? I, I actually don't. So most of the clients don't use my own onboarding. They yeah. use the VAs because uh -huh. I work with really good VAs in, in my network. So the VAs are really great at onboarding their own. So most of my clients don't even use that from me. They love that I have it. We mm -hmm. talk about it. They rarely use it. 
But when I do ask them, they all laugh because they're like, oh, I know exactly what gets me. <laughs> they, they're like, I know what my shiny uh, object syndrome is. I know, you know, that thing. I'm going to see this thing that I'm going to write over here and I'm going to start over here and I'm going to, you know, get really um, obsessed with this new CRM thing over here and I'm going to, you know, go down that, that rabbit hole. Or, you know, I'm going to start working on um, this uh, podcast that I want to do, and then I'm going to forget to do everything else. Um, so I think a, a lot of people actually do know what is most likely to derail them. And it's that thing that they wanted to implement in their business, but haven't. Mm -hmm. But that thing is not going to happen in the next 12 weeks. That's your six months out. That's not your 12 weeks out. So once you, you hire your VA and you do your, your 12 weeks onboarding and you're getting up to speed, I would imagine people, as you said, would be pretty excited, like, oh my God, all this stuff is happening and I'm not having to do it. Uh, do, do they have to kind of put the brakes on? It's like, yeah, don't start adding more stuff on here. Let's just make this work really well. Or can yeah, they actually the VAs, start expanding? The, the VAs are pretty good about that. And I, I think... Uh, at this point, I've been doing it for so long <laughs> and, you know, on so many podcasts and, you know, on so many interviews that people are actually taking my advice. So I think that they are hiring at a time when it's really conducive to them, their business, their business goals and setting themselves up for success versus working backwards to try to, you know, get out of get out of their time debt, essentially. So when you do it that way, it does make it very easy when you don't then it becomes much, much harder uh, a process because we, we talk about our goals, we talk about our business, but the thing that people forget to talk about because it's just, well, duh, is the actual client work, right? Right. <laughs> we forget about that. Like you want to write this book, you want to have this book launch, you want to write this online course, that's all good and fine. But don't forget, we're doing all that work in the midst of your current client work at the same time. And some, for some reason, that always throws people off. Oh, interesting. So it's a mistake. Speaking of mistakes, what are some of the top mistakes you see people making when they're hiring a VA? So the top mistake really boils down to not doing your due diligence. So that means not interviewing more than one VA, not checking references, and not conducting a background check. Those okay. are the top mistakes, you know, and you would never do that in, you know, a regular business, right? Mm. You wouldn't do that. But yet people do it all the time. They're like, well, this was my friend's VA. This, you know, she was my VA when I was in the office or, you know, I, I've known this person. She came highly recommended, but that was the only person they interviewed. And then there was no reference, no, no background check. You know, just not doing your due diligence is going to set you up for failure every time. No, that whole thing of doing a background check, I mean, for you, that's part of what you do, but for the, mm -hmm. the average person, like, I wouldn't even know how to start doing a background check. So I'd actually have to, once I was tw twigged to the idea by you, I would then have to go and like, how does one do a background check? So that's something you take care of. That's interesting that I can, I can see that people would sometimes go with the first person that goes like, she seems great. Mm -hmm. I'll go with her because this is a daunting process, so I want to do that. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that you talk about again and again, I've seen it in your social media and on your website, is the right VA. Mm -hmm. And it, you also say what good looks like. So 
to you, what is the right VA? So the right VA is based on communication strategy and ideal client fit. So the communication strategy is for you, the client. It's in your manner, your medium, your tone, your verbiage. It has to be super simple for you to communicate with your VA or it doesn't feel like working with a virtual assistant works. And when I first started in the VA industry, I was shocked at the number of people who told me, oh, I have a VA, but I have to log into this system in order to talk to her, or I have to do this, or she likes this, but I just, I don't like that at all. And I would say, really, like, how's that working out for you? Like, I got like Dr. Phil on them. And they're like, oh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And I said, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't work, does it? I'm like, no. But it also leads to other issues when you don't have it like that. Because just like in any type of relationship you have, you have two people, and if they don't have the same type of communication strategy, they could be agreeing and still arguing. Like for me, I am you know, super email heavy. And then when I'm not, I just want to be able to pick up the phone. Like, right. let's just pick up the phone. I consider myself really clear in the written word, but if you're not getting it that way, I don't stand a chance unless we can just pick up the phone. And for some people, they're texters. Some people, you know, have their own systems that they like, but it should be like, if I'm walking through the grocery store and I thought, oh gosh, I wish I would have told my VA that, how would you do that? Would you call? Would you text? Would you Slack? Would you email? Would you send a Voxer? You know, what does that look like? And that's how you know what that really looks like. Um, because if you don't, and you're like, oh, I don't remember my password. Oh, I got to log into the system. Like, I'll just do it myself. I can tell you right now, that's never, never going to work. Mm -hmm. So the you're shopping for your VA. And yeah. it's not only do they have the skill set that I need, do they have a temperament or, I don't know, right. flow that kind of jives with me? But also, are they amenable to the tools that I want to use for this? Absolutely. So does that mean that most BAs have to be very flexible in that with this client, I use these tools, with this client, I use these tools? Some, some are, some don't have a, some don't have a preference, uh, but some absolutely do. Some absolutely do. And so it, it does make a difference. So if I have a client and they like to pick up the phone, not all VAs like clients who just pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. um, not all VAs like Slack, not all VAs like Teams. Um, you know, everyone has their preference. And if they're already living in one place and they have their clients all set up for it, then it does make it more of a better relationship moving forward. And then the other side of that is the ideal client fit. So the number of clients who were working with VAs and that VA was clearly not someone who wanted to work with someone like them. Thought, well, How this does is that happen? Gonna go wrong, right? Like if you're an attorney and you have someone who believes like attorneys are all, you know, shysters and snakes and, you know, whatever else, mm -hmm. why would you hire that person? Why would you pay that person? But, you know, because most people don't have those clear cut things on their website or social media profiles, but if someone has on their website or their social media profile, real open things about them and what they like to do, you know, they love being on Facebook and you want someone who is going to, you know, answer your email, this, that's not the same. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you're a, a podcaster and this person is like, oh, I'm diehard, you know, into books um, and I don't listen to podcasts. All these little things that they're saying really come through. 
And in the same manner, when I have a client and you know, one of our things is, okay, we need someone who has the ability to herd cats, which is basically like, they really know how to work with creatives. It is amazing how many times I can find someone and they really will have on their website or on their profiles, professional cat herder because they understand they're speaking that same language. And when you have someone who's like, I like to work with A type personalities, or I like to work with people in this industry, I like to do these things and you match up and you're just like, wow, like this is so great. That's the way it's supposed to work. And that's how I made my start as a matchmaker because I would be networking and meeting all these people and educate them on virtual assistants and what we do and how we could help them. And they always say, you know, can I hire you? And I would say no. And they would look at me like I was crazy. And I said, I don't, I'm not that type of VA. They're like, type? Like, yeah, there's there's all different types. There's all different types of VAs. that, And they all like to do different things. So you can have an executive VA that ranges from executive VA for startups, for solopreneurs, for brick and mortar, or for C-suite, just to name a few. They don't, they're not all interchangeable all the time and one VA could get really bored with another type of client or worse, they could not be able to perform the type of work that the client wants them to do. Ooh. Like if I'm, if I'm a C-suite EVA, I better know how to make board presentations. I better know how to work in teams. I better know how to do PowerPoint presentations that I can send, pull reports. Those are the types of duties that those types of virtual assistants have to do, not the same, in the same, in a different field. Oh my God. It just gets more and more complex the more we talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> like it, as somebody who's looking at it going, oh, that seems a little complicated. Yeah, baby, that's the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> There's more <laughs> than you even imagine. Oh, oh my God. So what if that, having heard that now, and I'm at, like at my appetite for getting a VA is just heightened, I was really kind of saddened to see you saying that there's actually a shortage of qualified VAs right now. What's why now that people are really getting to the point where they, well, maybe that's the answer. Everybody wants one. It is right. So the whole world went online. And so you had people who are no longer skeptics. You had people who were like, I don't even care if I'm a skeptic anymore. Like this just has to get done and it can't, you know, someone needs to do it besides me. Um, so that really, just flooded the, the industry and just tons of VAs who are not taking on clients. They're booked. I have, I know a VA and it seems like every single week she's adding another person to her team to keep up with, with client demand. And then on the flip side of that, you have VAs who are the primary homeschool teacher for their children or have been, and they had to cut back on their client load. Um, even had to, to drop clients, weren't taking on new clients to manage their work from home while also um, being a, a full-time mother and teacher at the same time. In the middle of a pandemic. Oh, In the middle of a pandemic. And while there's you know, lots of new VAs entering the, the industry every day, there's a difference between hiring a VA and hiring a qualified VA. And you know, onboarding is a perfect example. We covered that. It's not always about doing the work. It's about knowing how to run a business, how to take care of your business and how to you know, take care of clients. When I think back to my first year in business, it's a joke I can only laugh about now. And, and I, I, was, I was very, you know, fortunately it was the one thing I did that was right is I only took on short-term clients. So they weren't looking at me as this long-term solution 
they were looking at me to like go in and fix something. I was able to do that. But man, I was so glad when that short-term contract ended because I was like, oh gosh, I didn't think about this or I didn't think about that. And I didn't know about this and I didn't know about that. And it was constantly going back to how am I doing all this? And oh, by the way, I still have to run my own business. I still have to get more clients. I still have to pay my own bills. <laughs> so there's a there's a definite difference between hiring a VA and hiring a qualified VA. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, coincidentally, I just had somebody reach out to me this morning saying, hi, I'm a VA and I see that, you know, like you're a coach and a podcaster and do you have a portfolio or a website, I ask? And it's like, well, not yet, I'm brand new. <laughs> how, uh, mm, <laughs> can't even kick the tires? I mean, like, how am I supposed to hire you? I should send her to talk to you. Get yourself sorted out, would you? So you, you need that qualified VA. And I mean, you're the perfect person to be doing this because you've been on both sides. I mean, you see it from the VA side, mm -hmm. what's reasonable for them and what they're going to have to do to really make this work and be a stellar VA. But you've also been hiring VAs and doing the matchmaking thing. So you've kind of got the global overview. With that said, I mean, so much of what you've been saying, I've been like, oh, tell me more, tell me more. But so here's where I want to ask you. What's your process? Someone like me comes to you mm -hmm. and what's the process that you would take a, your average client through to get them matched up with their right VA and get them launched properly? So everything starts with a consultation. Whether a client comes to me and says, I have it, I read your book, I went through the workbook, I wrote everything down, or they come to me and say, okay, I know I need to do this. I have no idea where to start. Can you help me? It all starts with a consultation and I can certainly help both parties. And then through there, I run through my series of questions, which gives me that communication strategy, that ideal client fit, the impact both now and in the future. And then from there, I craft a job description that both attracts the right VA and deters the wrong VA. And my job descriptions are actually kept anonymous. So the client or the VA doesn't actually know who the client is. They're, they're truly excited about the work mm -hmm. and they're like that has my name written all over it and for some of my clients they are like great this is everything i didn't know i needed to know and they take that job description and they post it out to their networks they uh you know give it to their friends and family groups whatever that is but then for the majority of my clients they would say okay great like i still don't want to do this. I don't have the time to get it right. I can't afford my to get response. it wrong. It was like, no, don't leave me now. Yeah. <laughs> and so for them, I'll go through the complete process. I'll conduct all the first round interviews. I'll narrow down the candidates. I'll give you the candidates to review. I'll set up the interviews on your behalf. I give you the questions to ask. I do the reference checks. I'll conduct the background check. I'll review contracts and proposals. I'll do any negotiations if necessary. I provide a three-month guarantee. If it doesn't work out within the first three months, then I'll match you again at no charge. Um, and like I have a 98% successful match rate, so it doesn't happen often. Yeah. And from then, my clients and their VAs off to the races. Most of my clients are looking for those long-term matches. So I have clients working with their VAs, you know, five plus years now. And uh, their VAs have really grown with them. Um, some have added on to their teams. I've had you know, been in business now long enough to clients are like, okay, I'm back for, you know, two more. I need two more VAs. <laughs> uh, so it's been really, it's been really great uh, to see and, and go through the, the process. Um, and I would say even still, I think the number one thing that people want to do is they want to skip the, the consultation. They want to skip that part, even if they've already been a client because they're like, oh, you know me. And I'm like, 
questions still matter, man. Like, still have to do the due diligence. Like, mm-hmm. you want me to do diligence on the back end? I have to do diligence on the the front end. I love that you think I know you that well, but uh, each each person is different, and each time you make a new hire. You're always looking for that little something extra. So, you know, maybe we don't go the whole thing again, but we still cover like, where do you see this person going? Like, how's this person gonna be impactful? Like, now that you know what you know, what drives you crazy? Like, what do you really like? What do you wish people did more of? And so it's, it's the, the consultation is, is really everything. And cause without it, I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So when when people just out of curiosity, when you said they come back to you for the second and the third, mm-hmm. do you then have to also think about okay, how would this second one work with the first one? Do we integrate those, or do you tend to keep those separate, or is it just your client's problem? Figure it out, Bob. Uh, no, I like to say I don't give my clients work. I certainly don't give them problems. So we do cover how is this person going to be working with another person, or how is this person going to be working with the team that you already have in place. So. You know, for some of my clients, they're they have brick and mortar businesses. So this person is going to be integrated with people that are working in a in a place that's separate from where they are. So that's you know important. And then in times where someone is going to be reporting to maybe like a VA who serves as a project manager for a client I already have, I ask the client I'm like, hey, can we pull that person in? Because they're going to have a different perspective than you have. And if this person's going to be reporting to them, I also need to know their style and how they like to communicate and what good looks like for them so that it goes each time it goes up the chain like all the points are met i can't meet their expectation and not have yours but it'll never meet your expectation if it doesn't pass theirs first yeah yeah, so when it's like that it we do um talk and we do you know everyone's different but um you know most of the time it's still pretty seamless but other times i'm like okay well this person needs to be part of all the conversations then we can't start if they're not gonna be part of the conversation because i can't set anyone up for success that way Mm. i hadn't even thought about incorporating a va into an existing team of employees at a physical location is that something you kind of have to give your clients some instruction and or coaching on like this is how you're going to integrate this we get we go into it a a little bit um it's actually easier than uh some people think because typically there's a person there who's Mm -hmm. already doing work that they do not want to do um, and they're waiting for the va to come on board to take that off their plate okay and so then it's about you know integrating integrating that i would say we're it's it's actually more time consuming and has to be more thought out is when you have a VA that was maybe they brought in a VA to be an executive level and then they knew that they were going to eventually have that person go up to like maybe project manager level or um, chief of staff level and then start hiring people that would you know serve her next um, and the the problem with that is they often want to remove that person from the hiring process because they're like, oh, she's great. Everyone loves her. You know, I'm like, yeah, I know, but this is the main point of contact. So although you're paying me, she's really the point of contact. I have to, I have to hire for her because you, how often you're going to really talk to this person. And so then once they realize that they're like, oh my gosh, like, oh yeah. Like, hold on. Let me think about that, about this again. And then I come back 
to you. <laughs> and so we have to move around. We get a new job description or, you know, they bring me what they think is a new job description and we start talking about it again. And that's actually, uh, it doesn't take me any longer, but it's more of a training process and a learning curve for the clients to do it that way. Yikes. Now, when you mentioned, um, when you were talking about that, uh, you, you had also mentioned in the past, one of the most frequent questions you get, people say like, well, how much is it gonna cost for me to have a VA? Mm -hmm. Ballpark, when people do ask you that question, I mean, I'm sure you could say it's as long as a piece of string, but like, what, what do you tell them when they ask you that? Well, I always tell them this in two parts, because again, there's always a better question that clients, you know, should be asking. And I don't fault them for not asking, but uh, it's my job to let them know and educate them. So without knowing, I would say the two most common types of VAs that people hire are going to be a general VA or an executive VA. The only difference, not the only difference, but the, the key identifier to make those separate is an executive VA is gonna be client-facing. A general VA is not gonna be client-facing. General VAs run 25 to $35 an hour. Executive VAs run 35 to 55 an hour. Now, what's the part that people don't know to ask? And that is, how many hours does one work with a VA, right? Because people think in terms of 20 or 40, and they're like, I can't afford that. But that's not how that works. The average person works with the VA five to 10 hours a week, 10 being on the high side. You could hire a VA on project basis as needed. You can retain a VA for as little as 10 hours a month. And when you talk about it like that, it makes it much more affordable. And, you know, think about what you would do with an extra 10 hours in a month. Well, especially as you said earlier, when you said sometimes they can actually do more in that 10 hours than you could have done. Absolutely. Once you've got the I can mess things up in 10 hours <laughs> when it comes to technology. I couldn't fix anything and even in 10 hours. No, and no, in that, doing that, I would not get the stuff done that I could totally knock out of the park in 10 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, because you're over there crying over your what, yeah, tech stuff. Crying is do. right. Now, you had <laughs> said that most people are hiring either the clerical or the, the executive VAs. Mm -hmm. um, there's also tech VAs. Mm -hmm. Is it... I mean, my first impulse would be, oh, I'd love to have a tech VA just to get, you know, like some of the tech stuff. As much as I love doing it, that's not where my zone of genius is, nor is it where the money is. So mm -hmm. what would you tell somebody if they came to you and they said, I just want to hire a tech VA? Would you kind of back them up a little bit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, um, so the Association of Virtual Assistants has a pricing guide, an industry standard pricing guide, and it covers the most common types of VAs that people hire. And so that's general, executive, tech, social media, and launch. And so in there, it covers the prices and it's well worth it, well worth it. I have, uh, I don't have a tech VA for like my everyday stuff, but I have one that um, she's basically as needed. And so it was a real life example. My site crashed last month and it was awful and she was on vacation and um but i thought okay and it was so it actually it actually didn't crash i wish it would have crashed because uh, it was just ugly enough that it looked like i did that on purpose to my site oh. and she got back on and she was like okay and she looked at it and she's like gosh this is a mess back here i'm like i know <laughs> and 
because she didn't do it. That was yeah. not her work, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so she's like, you're like okay, oh, well, I'm being honest. Happen. And then I was like, ready for it, you know, for her to say, yeah, okay, I'm gonna say like 20, 25 hours. I was totally prepared for that because there was because for her to fix it, she wasn't just getting it back up. We're gonna go in and now make it all right. And she's like, I don't know, maybe you know, five, seven hours. And I was like, oh my gosh, please just, yes. But within maybe 25 minutes, she had it back up and like everything, it looked right. Now it wasn't right on the back end, yep. but it looked right on the, the front end. Yeah. And it is so priceless <laughs> to have someone who can be able to do that for you. The only reason, the only reason I hadn't freaked out is because one, I freaked out way too many times in my life and it didn't make anything better. But two is that I knew that when she got back, I had someone to call and I had someone who I trusted and I had someone who I knew would be able to solve it versus like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? What is this gonna cost me? Like, how long is this gonna take? You know, none of those things. I had a trusted person that I, could you know contact and then of course now she's like okay do you want me to add you to my uh her monthly maintenance list or her quarterly maintenance list and i was like yes do that so wow. now she'll go in and she'll automatically make sure that you know all the, the plugins and all the little things that i don't know about don't care about but are essential for my website to be up and running to be happening um and so i i think it's great and so Likewise, when I have new lead magnets, when I need a new landing page, when someone wants me to do something for you know their launch or their summit, now I have someone to also create that and do those things for me, link them back to my site, put the tags on the back end. I don't need that every day, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but when I do need it, I can say, hey, can I get on your list? Can you get this done for me by such and such a date? And she's like, yeah, I got it, no problem. Wow, that sounds like a dream. So I'm curious, how many VAs do you have either working with you consistently or on retainer? Uh, I have five. I have one that works with me on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I have a tech VA. Um, I have an editor uh, VA. And then I use other ones uh, more on for um, launches mm -hmm. and um, product stuff. So those are, you know, maybe like once a year or something. Wow. Wow. Like I said, it sounds like a dream. So now if anybody has been listening to this and like me are just like salivating at the very thought of getting a VA, can people just have a conversation with you to find out if this is a, the right solution with them or should they read your book first? Well, the links will be down below in the notes. Like what's the best way for people to, to go forward with this? I, I'm, I'm always open to having a chat because I know there's that one you know question that's very specific to people and I want to honor that. So I'm always happy to have a, a chat and I can honestly say, you know, if we're not the right fit, I will tell you where a good fit for you is. Um, but if we are the right fit, then, you know, great. I can usually answer any question, you know, and tease it all out. We can, you know, get rolling with, you know, just a quick five to 10 minute conversation because we don't have, I don't have to know everything. <laughs> I just need to know what you're concerned about and what your expectations are. And based on those things, I'll be able to know right away if I can meet your expectations, if I can, you know, calm uh, your fears. And if I can't, then I 
this is my industry. Like I know where to point you uh, in the right direction. Yeah. And I mean, having that association of virtual assistants at your fingertips, you know, and the, all the years of experience and knowing both sides of the equation, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be a good fit. But anyways, I'm sure that happens. So can we will definitely put a link. I You have a scheduling link for if somebody wants to have a conversation. Yes. And it'd be on your website, I'm sure. So we'll put those in the notes. So for somebody who's been listening to this and they're thinking like, mm, hmm, hmm, any last words? What would you want to leave people with? Yes. Always hire a VA before you need one. Because by the time you need one, you have already lost time. You've already lost money. You've already lost sleep. You're less likely to do your due diligence or feel like you have time to do that and are more likely to be susceptible, success, susceptible to making the wrong hire. Um, if you hire before you need one, it makes your life so much easier. You're happy to do the onboarding process. You don't see it as something that's holding you back. Uh, it, it just creates that insurance that you know that things are being taken care of and things are being done. And it makes your life so much easier on, on so many levels. And remember, you can hire as needed. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can reach out to people and say, hey, you know, I just need this done right now, but maybe we could do this. And then, you know, maybe we could do this other thing later. And then maybe it'll turn into, you know, more steady work. There are tons of VAs out there who would be willing and open to doing that because you can always make more money. You can never get back your time. Time debt. Yeah, that's a, an important concept. Melissa, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a much anticipated and much enjoyed conversation. I really appreciate you being here with me. My pleasure, September. Okay. Well, I'll be talking to you soon. Hope everyone enjoyed as much as I did. Bye. Did you know that podcast guesting, being the featured guest interviewed on podcasts, is one of the hottest 2021 ways to build brand, audience, and your business? to get your unique message and personality out there to those who need to hear it. As a podcaster myself and a business consultant, I help turn entrepreneurs into business people who can proficiently and profitably use podcast guesting as a powerful part of their marketing plan. Want to know more? You can download the five-step guide below in the notes, or if you really want to get moving on it, book a call and let's map out how we could make it part of your marketing plan.